Welcome to the intersection of theater and even more theater. You have achieved stage grok. Stage Grok, the Roaming Theater podcast, coming to you from the Geographic Center of the American Theater. I'm your host, Scott Miller. Today, I talk with brothers Wayne and Carrie Kirkpatrick on the phone from both Nashville and L.A. about writing the Broadway musical Something Rotten. Well, thank you guys both so much for talking to me today. I, uh, when I first heard about Something Rotten, um, I thought, boy, this could be amazing or it could be just terrible. <laughs> and uh, uh, I saw it and was just thrilled by it. I, it's it's one of my favorite kinds of things, which is very silly stuff for smart people. Um, and I just, uh, I guess I, I first want to ask you, are you surprised at how much we've all embraced your crazy show? Uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think we are. Uh, I, I think it's really we didn't really know what to expect. You know, it took us so long to kind of form the idea and then get around to actually finishing it. So it was something that lived with us for a long time. So it was, it, you know, we we thought we were onto something, but weren't really <laughs> sure one way or the other what anybody else would think. It's also well, it, yeah. Go ahead. It, well, it's also um, anytime you set out to do something like this. I mean, obviously, this idea started with um, a few ideas that amused us. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's a, it's a bit of a leap of faith to hope that what amuses you might also amuse others. Right. Um, and, uh, but, you know, that's all you can do as a writer. It's like, well, I think this is funny. You know, I think others do. Well, it it, it seems to me, I think what what I love so much about the show is that you guys start with this premise of the Bottom Brothers who are in competition with Shakespeare, and that's really funny in and of itself. And I think that would have made a terrific show, right? But then you added Shakespeare is an asshole, which is another really funny thing. Then you added (laughs) Nostradamus, which is Mm -hmm. another really funny thing. And it kind of seems like you kind of hit this kind of three-way comedy quotient. <laughs> um, and I'm kind of curious about how the idea came about. How, you know, how much of that was there at the very beginning of the idea? How much kind of got worked out over time? Yeah, well, I would say that to, uh, to your your comment, that's what can happen when you take 20 years to write something. <laughs> oh. um but it kind of came in, in, in bits and pieces, the, the layers of that. Well, so what was the first kernel of the idea? Well, we uh, can't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, I think, 
literally was back in like 
and he, you know, proceeds to first let's talk about musicals conceptually, and then um, when uh, Nick hires him, he's like, write down everything you see. So he's just getting constant random images, um, <laughs> and and he's giving those to uh, to Nick. Um, and then when we add the component of now go tell me what Shakespeare's greatest play will be. So now he's getting images of Hamlet, images of Hamlet mixed with images of um, musicals. And that's, you know, that's basically our act two and that's the mashup. And, you know, but they're all, they're all justified. So, yeah, I would say thing, not only are they justified at, at that point with the premise like that is they're, they're almost required. Right, you know. Um, yeah, and, and I and I think that's funnier. That's more a more satisfying experience, I think, for the audience. Well, we're also trying to make a point that 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 goes hand in hand with our theme, which is, you know, really you should just be true to yourself, you know, right. because you're ending up with this hodgepodge. That for us, having knowledge of what these things are, you know, it it's funny. But for somebody trying to make sense of all of this, like Nigel is trying to do in the show, it's right. like, I these ideas are just not, you know. <laughs> it's kind of weird. weird. You know? Yeah. And fortunately for us, which is, you know, one of the biggest laughs that we get is when we make a reference to when, when he's sitting down in Act 2 and trying to kind of figure out this mashup between Hamlet and musicals. And when he says, you know, the prince murders, you know, the prince's uncle murders the father, and the uncle's name is Scar. Um, <laughs> then that one just sort of fell in our lap, because Lion King what had Hamlet elements. Right. You know, and um, so, you know, that was sort of like a, a joke within a joke. Um, and that one just sort of fell into our lap and then also things like get thee to a nunnery and the nuns hide her and the singing children. I mean, you could sort of make all of these connections because musicals have just covered just about every, every topic. So there was a real grab bag of, of, um, uh, but we also had to put some limits on ourselves a little bit. And we, we tried to stick to classic musical references, um, also trying to be aware of um, not trying to not exclude people who didn't know as much about musicals or Shakespeare. So, right. so leaning towards the um, references that chances are everyone knows, you know, everyone right. has heard of or not to be, almost everyone has seen Sound of Music or, right. uh, you know, some of these things. And then adding layers to it. For those who know a little bit more, they might catch some things that maybe a novice might not catch, you know. But, right. Uh, and we made we made some changes for the tour because what we noticed was um, when the show first opened on Broadway, uh, the type of audience that was coming to the show were kind of rabid theater fans. <laughs> so, so. Um, that, and I'll give you an example, was um, Nick goes to Nostradamus and says, we're having a hard time figuring out what a musical should be about. And he said, chess. And, <laughs> and he goes, Ch 
yeah, right. That can't possibly work, can it? So <laughs> that was a very <laughs> that was a very inside joke. Very inside, but but it worked on. It also the reason it worked uh, was on another level is because chess is an actual game that's been around since right. for the Renaissance. You know, so it worked on two layers. Two layers. Right. Well, and also, but it, it also worked on the level of chess, which actually has it's a musical that Wayne and I really love as a record. Yeah. It, because yeah. it has some fantastic songs, but it's yeah. one of those that nobody's ever quite been able to make a musical about the chess work out. You know, <laughs> like uh, so it you know, it, it it had a so for people who like us, it's like, Oh yeah, I get it. but I was in the lobby of um the Saint James and people often you overhear conversations that are about trying to figure out some of the different references. And someone said, what's that chess reference? And I heard a guy go, oh, you know that movie Searching for Bobby Fischer? I think they made a musical out of that. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so on on the road, you know, we started brainstorming. It's like, let's try a different – let's try a different title and see if we get a different reaction. So now we say hair. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And get the bigger that on the road because it's like we're trying to figure out what a musical should be about hair. It's like hair? Like, well no, that would just be weird, wouldn't it? Um so um it's it was more inclusive for people who you know, there's a lot of people sadly who don't know what uh chess is. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and so we we uh we didn't want to um you know, we don't want to alienate. And we our our other writing partner is British, and uh, we joke with him because he only knows uh, Oliver and Andrew Lloyd Webber <laughs> <laughs> and uh, My Fair Lady. So whenever we would do something, I was like, well, you know, that's a reference to George. He's like, no, no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so, and part of it is, um, you know, if you go to London, we're going to have to do another cast. And because John said to us, they, people in London have no idea what the music man is. Really. Oh, wow. Right. Just not a, not a big show over there. Or yeah. uh, So, you know, you want people to be, to feel comfortable and to be in on the references with you. Um, well, it, it seems to me like the show is constantly working on two levels. So if you don't know Shakespeare, you don't know a lot about musicals, it's still really funny. It's still a great romp. But if you know musicals really well, it's way funnier. If you know Shakespeare really well, it's way funnier. Yeah. Um, and I guess, like, to some extent, I mean, maybe that's like, you know, the great Warner Brothers cartoons that always works on two levels at the same time. Oh, yeah. Or, or maybe yeah. Shakespeare plays do that, too, right? Right. Well, there's – yeah, and there's one – there's a scene in the show that's actually um, right before the big Make an Omelet number. Um <laughs> And it's it's one of our all of our favorites because every line in the scene is either a music theater reference or a line from Hamlet. That's great. So when he comes out and it's like, you know, you know, my lord, you call, you know, where is McCavity at the Jellicle Ball? He would not come. Um, you know what this is the yes. which is it, the reference we've got trouble 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 I say and but all of the um you know, the 
the funeral boiled eggs now furnished for the marriage day. All every line in that. And so we've had some people that come up that really know Hamlet. It's like, ah, I like the uh right, the right. but it's, it's not alienating if you don't know Hamlet because you're just right. following a ridiculous scene. So we we tried to um you know, not be too uh clever for our own good. Yes. Let me let me uh, let me ask about your process. Um so you 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 uh have a collaborator on the book. Um you guys have written the score. Um talk talk about how you write. What what's your actual physical writing process? Um it's kind of all over the place, really. Yeah. It's different for different songs. Well, yeah, actually because we because we live in different towns. Carrie lives in LA and I live in Nashville. And um so So did you write a lot of this long distance? Uh, yes and no. We would, we would, um, on our own kind of come up with ideas, you know, our germs of ideas, and then we would get physically get together either in Nashville or LA and then kind of pool it all together and, you know, complete them, you know, work on, you know, I, I might go out to LA and be there for a week and we would just work day and night, you know, we would, we would stop to go to bed, you know, and then get, and you're just, whether it's kind of hashing out music ideas or lyric ideas or whatever it was. So, and then we, we'd separate again and then we would kind of have, you know, we know we need a song for this or, you know, this, you know, so that's kind of how it, how it tends to go. You know, there might be some Skype sessions, you know, some phone calls and, um, but, uh, but you kind of, Ninety percent of the time, though, we're starting with uh, a song title hook idea, right? Right. And, and d- does it vary whether music lyrics come first? Uh, um, and again, almost always, right, Wayne? It's um, we kind of come up with what the song is about, and then a hook that we're building it around. Um, that I, I would definitely. Yeah, I would say that that music was usually finished before lyrics were. There, there was, there was really never a case where a lyric was written out and then music put to it. I would. Is there a reason for that, or it just happened that way? Uh, I know. For me personally, I think, I, I think, uh, building a song and crafting a song, just the way I've always done it, is it's the lyric is inspired by the music or or the music is inspired by a concept or a title. So I've, I've never personally been that successful at putting music to an existing piece of poetry, you know. So Well, I, what I've found, because I also write shows, what, what I've found is that if the music comes first, my lyric is better because I'm more constrained and, and it demands more the exact perfect word. Yeah, I think so. And it, 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 it informs, it informs the lyric. Um, the music informs a lyric better than a lyric informs music for me. Right. You know, and that's the, so, and the songs sing better usually because yeah. they are, the phrasing is just more lyrical. So, right. Uh, it does make the lyric writing harder. Harder, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was always so. I, 
I would say almost always. You know, if you go through the songs, you take something like, um, I mean, the first Shakespeare song was a, a song that Wayne had come up with called Words You've Never Heard, which was based on an idea um, that Shakespeare made up all these words. So, right. <laughs> he, and he was basically, you know, in a pub setting, sort of singing about all the words you've never heard until you've heard of him, words you've made up. And it was a, it's a clever song, but it does not advance the story at all. And right. um, so then we, but then when we came up with this idea that Shakespeare was a rock star and we started writing more in a kind of a rock vernacular, uh, I mean, Willpower was the first song that we wrote for him, but um, we came up with this idea of uh, it's hard to be the bard, um, which um, which gave us uh, uh, some storytelling to open Act One, which is like, okay, now let's check in with uh, Shakespeare and actually see that he's insecure, just as insecure as the next guy. He's right. got writer's block, and um, and it's the song that we call it the brag planning song, you know, where it's like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How how many how many songs do you, do you think you have that you did not use? Well we were there many wrote over fifty songs. Wow. Um so there are a lot that did not end up in the show. Yeah, and, and some of those were not um completed songs, you know, they were right, right. on a path. And then there were some like the make an omelet number we wrote 10 different versions of that song and some of them were, you know, seven, eight minute long versions of, you know, so why, why was that moment so hard? Uh, because, uh, we were trying to, um, well, it started off, I think we were trying to tell too much story yeah. in the song, you know, and just trying to figure out how to rein in on what that, make an omelet number should be and it was actually hard because we had painted ourselves because we had to have a song called omelet because that's the right. whole the whole right. musical, you know so and we knew we knew it had to be to deliver on the premise of it's going to be a mashup of hamlet and musical right um and it needed to be awful yeah, it needed to be bad, but how do you make bad entertaining? <laughs> right. Um, so <laughs> really, it needed, to be, yeah, it really it needed to be ridiculous and fun. And there was um, – we have a bunch of index cards. I remember um, we had just written a phrase, cat dancing eggs, and uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I drew this bad little picture on an index card of an egg, of an egg with some legs coming out and like a crown on top of it and right um and showed that to Casey and he was like well that's funny I can do that that's funny so we we kept knowing that like it was going to somehow lead to some cat dancing eggs coming out but we were we were trying to you know do a whole little mini musical and this right. is where uh to Casey's credit um you know, we kept showing it to him, and it was really rough because it was completely demoralizing to to write these long songs and just not, <laughs> right. not quite be getting it. And uh, 
And Casey kept going, you know what? I just need a big, flashy production number. I just need, it's like, I think you're trying to do too much, and I just need a big, catchy, splashy production number. So, and then we, what the breakthrough, Wayne, if you remember on that, was instead of trying to tell all this linear story and that we're seeing the musical within the musical, let's break it up and we'll see a little snippet of a number and then we'll go backstage and see the chaos that's going on. And then we'll see another little snippet of a number and then go backstage right. and then we'll do the big number. So we, we kind of annoyed, it kind of noises off, you know, a noises off inspired right. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so then we wrote three different little songs. Um, and one of those was uh, something rotten, which there's a little bit of it left. And then <laughs> and we had another we got rid of another one called um, I- I'm the Shell of a Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of an Anthony Newley type ballad, you know. That, right. Yeah. What, it was a what kind of fool am I? Yeah. Right. And, uh, and then we would go backstage and see like B was showing up and saying, did you take the money from the money box? And, and people were passing out and one, you know, one guy fainted. So Nostradamus was being put in, into this place. And, and, um, um, and what little something rotten thing, then that scene rather than what ended up happening was that scene I just told you about where we kind of, Say you know we've got trouble and trouble I say and right. the Nazis have arrived and all of that that scene just allowed us to deliver on that premise where everybody goes okay I get what they've done right and then it just allowed us to do this ridiculous make an omelet song right. um, which which Casey chalked full of you know uh, I mean that sort of developed in previews it wasn't until third our fourth night of previews that we added like a nun with a guitar chimney sweep and uh and had a, an egg sing and i am telling you i'm not going to be an omelet you know so uh it kind of evolved but uh that was uh um that was the number that almost that almost uh did us in, in yeah writing process we you know we felt like after um I remember saying to Carrie at one point after we had written um I don't know, maybe um six versions. The ninth version. Yeah. No, it's yeah. Good. <laughs> eight and I said, you know, there's not a saying ninth time is a charm. <laughs> so I, we might we might be in trouble here. <laughs> yeah. So 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 let me ask did, were had you guys uh already uh, written or worked on the book before your book writer collaborator came on? Wayne and I started in, um, you know, we had been kicking around the idea and uh, before pitching to Kevin, we didn't really know what to do, but Wayne and I spent about three days at his place in Nashville in 2010 coming up with an out, a basic outline. And, so you were um, working on songs and you were not yet working on the book. Well, we, yeah, we had we had uh, like we said we we kind of talked about ideas about it for about okay. 15 years, you know, just right, in right. little 
little tidbits of, hey, you know, two brothers or two guys that are writers in Shakespeare time, and then maybe another time get together. Hey, I had another idea about that Shakespeare musical. What if, you know, Soothsayer or, you know, and then, okay, what if the Soothsayer was Nostradamus, but not the Nostradamus, but his nephew? You know, little things like that along the way over the over a, a course of time. And then... But we also... Some, you, had, you had played for me in 2005, Welcome to the Renaissance. Yeah, a, a uh, couple of ideas in that process of going, hey... If we ever do write this musical, maybe, you know, I was messing around with something and maybe songs kind of like this, you know, and we would play right. Welcome to the Renaissance or so. And, yeah. you know, and and then, you know, that, you know, and then a few other things that, you know, along the way that most of them didn't end up in the musical. But, you know, kind of setting the tone for it. But by the time we got together and, like, if we're going to do this, let's get serious about it, then we... Then we started getting together and and trying to hone in a little more on specifics, and um, that was all pre pre book, but it was um, kind of finding tent poles, you know, right. of the ideas. But I I had worked with John on um, Chicken Run. Oh yeah, that's where I was I was writing that movie, and then they brought in a British comedy writing team to, you know, to add some jokes and also to make sure everything sounded British. Right. Um, right. And then he and I hit it off and, and he went off and became a novelist and we kept in touch. And um, of his novels, which I loved, which was called The Best a Man Can Get, I um, set it up when I had a deal at Paramount and he and I were writing we're adapting that book into a screenplay together for Paramount. And uh, I was sitting around procrastinating, as we writers do, and and, uh, told him this idea. And then he really sparked to it and then started spouting out a bunch of facts about Shakespeare. Uh, (laughs) And I realized, oh, hey, this, this guy could save us a lot of reading. Um, and so I kind of, in the back of my mind, thought uh, it would probably be good for Wayne and I to have one other person um, on board, and especially somebody just who's funny and um, and that British sensibility. Well, uh, you know, I sort of mentioned it to Wayne. Yeah, what when we were um when we had decided yeah a a a book writer someone on the book writing side might be um beneficial to us and then um i had not met john but um the thing that hooked me was Terry said um you'll like john he's one of us <laughs> and and i knew exactly what i what he meant it's like he has the same type of uh, humor, you know, yeah. he's he's going to be easy to, he's going to be an easy hang. He's going to be just one of the guys, you know, as right. opposed to someone that was coming in that was a Shakespearean scholar, but but was not, you know, casual about it or what, you know. So so um, 
that was I didn't actually meet John until until we all got together in New York for the first time to kind of do some work on it. Um, you so know, it was I'm a totally for, I'm, for, I'm forgetting this story that you met because Wayne and I pitched this to Kevin. You know, Kevin uh, McCollum is a he and I worked together at Disney World when I was 19, and then Wayne <laughs> had met him on several trips coming out to LA. So Wayne, Wayne and I had this connection to Kevin, and we pitched it to Kevin, uh, and it was just the two of us at that point. Right, that was out in LA. And, yeah. and I had mentioned to him, yeah, I have this, this guy, this British writer, um, that we're kind of talking about doing this with. And Kevin uh, had, you know, he's being sort of a pretty, he's like, you might want to have someone uh, on board that's actually written a musical. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. He also had, um, I'm remembering, the minute I said he's a British guy, Kevin instantly thought that he was going to be like Tom Stoppard. And kind of, um, unapproachable and uh, a know-it-all. And so he kind of had this allergy to bringing in this British guy. That's funny. Like, I think you should explore a couple of other book writers. And he mentioned Bob Martin because Bob had this um, show up in Canada called Slings and Arrows. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is a really funny show. He's like, you know, Bob, my knows a lot about Shakespeare. And I was like, yeah, okay. Um, and then it turned out that Bob was super busy. <laughs> and then Kevin and Kevin said, there's this other guy, Hunter Bell, who, who just read the same title of the show, and he's right. All right. Really funny. And I was like, oh, okay. And so – and I and I'm, we're still friends with Hunter. And uh, I, to this day, this is just the classiest thing because – I got on the phone with Hunter. He was actually in Kevin's office. So in front of Kevin, he got on speaker. He was like, hey, this is Hunter. I was like, yeah. I'm looking at your IMDB credit list. I said, yeah. He said, why do you need me? I said, that was awesome. I said, because my producer said I needed you. <laughs> um, you know, because Kevin was on speaker listening, he, and Hunter's like, "You don't need me." Um, yeah, that you don't that, need me. that was cool, but it was also very smart of Hunter to understand that. Well, and it, and I'm like, and, and Hunter's a great guy, and he's very funny. Uh, but I was like, you know, Kevin, I think um, I think we'll be okay. Like, we know how to tell a story, and Ew. um. So when um, you know Wayne and John and I got together for the first time in New York to uh, to meet and develop the story, and we were going to pitch it to um, Kevin and show him the uh, advancements we had made, and um, and uh, that's when Kevin um, picked up the phone and called Casey Nicolon and said, "I've got something. I think you should come here." And it was like, and we said, "Great, when the wind." When's that going to happen? Tomorrow. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. And we came back the next day, and then we pitched it to Casey, and he went, great. And and uh, 
Kevin said, so let me in case you have a conversation. I was like, oh, okay, nice to meet you. And we left. And then 15 minutes later, we get a call. It's like, yeah, so Casey's in. It's like, what? <laughs> what? Nice. And so then we were kind of off to the races. Yeah. Wow. And Casey brought brought that um, any deficits that we had in structuring a musical. That's what Casey brought to right. us in uh, in space, you know. So, right. um, and well, then Kevin later admitted uh, <laughs> that we needed hand holding that he he thought we would need because. Um, first of all, we we actually worked. Put the twenty years aside. We actually. Uh, I don't want, I don't want to say fast, but we work very diligently. We're, we are we don't need to be prodded. Um, we are our own slave drivers because we're all a little possessed. But and we're all kind of we've been doing this professionally for twenty five, you know, twenty eight, right. thirty years. Yeah. So yeah. we know we know how to get the job done. Yeah. Uh, well, I, thank you so much for talking to me. Uh, I I love your show, and it's really been fun to be able to talk to you about the process and everything. Thank you for joining us. This is Scott Miller. Now you too have achieved stage rock. See you next time. Yeah.